too. And you know, we're just getting older in age. We were we're both getting just like, yeah, man, we're not we're not gonna be learning too many more of these dances. No, 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 that's way behind us at this point now. That's totally way behind us at this point. I, I, I still Dougie. That's that's where you say that. That's but where you I just hit that. You just hit that. And I hit it so because I, I got I, I hang around young kids, man. That's the problem. That keeps you young. That's a good thing. It's true. It's true. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. That 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 um that waters your youth. You know what I mean. There's, Definitely. There's, there's power in that. There's power in that. There's power in hanging around young people, learning from young people. Mm-hmm. There's also power in vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And the most gangster thing you can do is serve. We bring you that. This is All The Way Live. Damn straight. This is indeed the All The Way Live podcast. Welcome absolutely everybody to the podcast. Yo, please serve. As Xavier hit the air horn, gunshots, whatever you got over there to, to welcome us in. It's more than warranted today, you know. Are we live? It's more than warranted today. We there you here. go. There you go. That's my favorite drop. And over here, what we do at the All The Way Live podcast, man, is we give the people carefully curated content that ranges from anything from current news, recommended and review, all for the sole purpose of being, even if for a day, an hour, a few minutes, a positive place for people to be able to, to come to. And, and feel good and have something to look forward to, man. That's what we do it for, you know. Uh, we talk about it all the time, brother. There's a lot of people are suffering. You know, a lot of people are going through, uh, are going through a lot of very difficult times. And if we can even be just a fraction, a fraction of positivity in somebody's day, that's all we aim to achieve. And how we do that on this show is by breaking it up into three parts, which is stumble upon, this is where me and Miles talk about everything that we've stumbled upon throughout the week, interesting thoughts, ideas, and whatnot. And this week, we're going to be talking about Mother's Day gifting. And also, we're going to get into some personal personal things surviving, uh, surrounding mental illnesses and, 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 and things of that nature. You know what I'm saying? Getting, getting deep into it. And how, where we go from there is current news. The now, range. Indeed. Indeed. There's a lot of range. And you see me go right now. I'm flowing with it. You got it. <laughs> it feels good to be back after two weeks of not of not doing this. I'm not gonna lie. Oh yeah, man, for sure, for sure. Yeah. I appreciate you welcoming us in, letting them know what they're getting, man. Current news, I love it. Indeed, indeed. And then from there, current news, as you say, brother Miles. And on current news, what we get to is we reach for the absolute uh, most most hottest, most uh, bubbling tea. When it comes to news <laughs> and tea, that, that's something I learned from my sister to say. Uh, tea, by the way, means the tip like, top of the tea. Also, by the way, that's funny you say that. I actually was uh, recommended. This is not what we go recommend a review, but I was also I also heard a controversial statement that men shouldn't say tea. <laughs> men should not say We're not tea. Allowed to use that. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. Men should not say tea. It's a it's a funny. It's it's a a continuation i think of like that men shouldn't say it's a right like it's a party it's a you know it's a move or type it or text it there's a lot of things we're not allowed to do as men there's, there's a lot of things there's a lot of things even the ways <laughs> that we can compliment men but anyways we can get into that next week because this week what we're getting into is the seaspiracy documentary and documentaries in general kind of diving deeper into um what these types of documentaries mean to us how we feel about it uh 
I, I'm, I'm particularly excited for this just because of the fact that it's so popular and it's, uh, it's something that a lot of people are talking about. And it's, you know, in a world where we just flooded with documentaries, it's one of the ones that stood out to me. Yeah, for sure. And we'll get into just like documentaries as a whole, man, as a way to take in information, right? Like it's definitely, uh, do they hit? Right? Does it does it make a difference? How long does that that feeling of somebody should really do something linger yeah. and stay with you? Does it does it uh what's it called push you to action? We'll get into all of that, man, for sure. Definitely, definitely. And then from there we have our absolute favorite part of the show, which is recommended and review. Now, Miles, can you please tell the people why this is our favorite part of the show? People, I love recommended and review. Because this is the part of the show where we get to interact with you. You know what I'm saying? We review what you recommend, and we recommend what we think is cool. And today, we're getting into the Isaiah Rashad and J. Cole tracks that just dropped, man. It's been a lot of music. Finally, it feels like the floodgates of music have opened. Yep. You know what I mean? So, yeah, we got new Isaiah Rashad. We got new J. Cole. Um you played some stuff for me that I was like, man, that's 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 slap. So I'm gonna need you to need you to drop the names of some of them gems. For sure. And uh, yeah, we got new young stoner life. That new young thug project is dope. So that's 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 important, man. That's recommended and reviewed. The last part of the show, man. You already know what's going on, man. I'm so happy to be back in this space. You know what I'm saying? Before, without further ado. Joe Berg is in the building. You already know, man. Chicago is in the building. On this end, the building is in Chicago. You know what that means. This podcast is recorded, filmed, and curated on stolen land. Yes, we're in the United States, man. Specifically in Chicago, this land was cared for by the Padawami people. You know, Native Americans, the Council of the Three Fires, cared for this land and the violence done to them to remove them from this land is inseparable from the violence that we see perpetrated in Chicago today, yes, sir. in the United States today, in this world today, and it's too much that it's violence. So before anything else, we lift up love for Native American people the world over, but love between black and brown people the world over, you know what I mean? With that intro over, let's get into the show, man. Stumble upon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm going to open this one up because right now, as, as y'all are hearing this, one time, happy belated Mother's Day. One time for all the mothers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm That's important. That's important. I don't know. Is Mother's Day is in different uh, times in in different places. I know it's a different date in the UK. Is there a Mother's Day? Is there an official Mother's Day in in South Africa? If I celebrated Mother's Day here. At the same time that you did there, I would assume that would have to be the international standard of of uh of when the mother when Mother's Day is. But it always does seem to sneak up on you. Like like I never know exactly when Mother's Day is. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I do remember one particular Mother's Day back in college when we were all unsuspecting. You know, you get caught up in college. It might be difficult. You might not be going home for Mother's Day. But me and a few of our other homies woke up to just this beautiful, illustrious message to our mothers from Zway, right? And and his and his own mom, right? He got everybody encompassed in there. But just like acknowledging his mom for her uh, protecting and providing 
but then also acknowledging his mothers from the folks that have been in the States that have maybe housed him, just like showing love to all those spaces and all the mothers in those spaces on Mother's Day. And it was beautiful. And our mothers were reacting on Facebook, you know, it was heart emojis flying, likes everywhere. <laughs> and amidst all of that, you know, a few of us, the gods were like, dang, man, what? Did you know you going to do this? Uh, man, this is a lot. What did you do for your mom? I don't know, man. I'm, you know, I couldn't get back. I'm in champagne. So you, you upstaged us. And ever since then, I've, I've, I've refused to be, to be upstaged on Mother's Day. Uh, yeah. And that's just that's just showing care, thinking about it, keeping it present, present of mind. So mm-hmm. um, what I wanted to get into today a little bit was that like in on in occasions like this, right, like Mother's Day, when you when you think about gift giving for some people, that's their love language. Right. Like for some people, you're one of those people, by the way. Your love language I, is giving. I've known you long enough. I, I'll tell you in case you can't see it. That is your love. That is how you give. That is your love language of giving and your love language of receiving. Just so you know. I like I do I, I do like to give. Some people are really good at it in the material sense, right? Like getting gifts, mailing them, getting them out to people in certain dates, picking a gift that's really like just fits the person. I try to do that. I really do. But there are some people that are just gifted, right? And in, in, in giving gifts. Yeah. Um so what I find myself is, and sometimes it's the pattern, maybe this is good, maybe this is bad, but sometimes I get the good gift, the really good gift doesn't fall on like the person's birthday or Christmas. It's like, I had this perfect idea and it hits on like St. Patrick's Day. No, I'm just playing. Like Mother's Day, right? <laughs> like, St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> you know what I mean? And sometimes it feels, I don't know if you feel this way. Sorry, there's a truck passing by. I don't know if you hear that. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if you feel this way, but sometimes when the really good gift falls on the smaller holiday, you feel conflicted, right? And then it's like, man, am I going to have to outdo this gift on the birthday or Christmas, right? Like, I'm going to kill it right now. But, <laughs> you know, we might be a little humble on your birthday because this is the, this is the kapow, you know? Do you ever feel conflicted <laughs> like that? You see, and that's why I say you're such you. That is your love language because no, I never think that at all. Like I, I'm never, <laughs> I'm never thinking two gifts ahead of time. I'm a get one gift at a time type of person, you know. Because also, in in to me, that is not necessarily my love language of giving. That my love language of giving is acts of service, right? And that's because of that's what I learned from my parents. Yes, I was afforded a lot of things, um, you know, coming from coming from a household that could afford to give me things for sure. But it was the, the connection to when I got the things and the day of celebration were never the same thing, you know? So it was actually kind of weird. Like on my birthday, they would downplay the birthday, completely downplay the birthday, you know? Like even on birthdays, mm. there wouldn't necessarily be gifts all the time. Sometimes it'd just be like, hey nigga, this is cake, happy birthday, keep it pushing. But then maybe, at a random time, I'd get a gift. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. gro- growing up in that sense, so even for, for now, for Mother's Day, sure, we got my mom the gift, but the, the true gift was all of us coming together, spending time with each other, whatever. You know, like, she didn't expect to receive anything. We didn't expect to give anything other than going there, cleaning the dishes, bringing her food, uh, you know, play music, that type of thing, like uh, acts of service, which is her way of, show, of showing up. 
and ultimately we learn those things through our parents, right? We end up becoming, we become a product of our environment. And from your household, your mother's a great gift giver. As, as someone that has spent Christmas yeah. with your house, and that's, I, I could definitely see, I was like, oh, this is where he gets it from, you know? She's so thoughtful in how she does it, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's always, it's a, there's an order to it. There's, a, there's an art to how you guys do uh, gift giving in your house, and uh, I've actually stolen a few of those things. No, that's awesome. We're supposed to adapt, right? That's what exposure to other cultures and spaces and, and uh, you know, the amazing gift that I think we've each had of being taken in by each other's families, right? That's, that's, that's huge in itself. Um, but it's funny, yeah, that you say that because in, in very similar ways, acts of service were emphasized in my household regard, throughout the year, regardless of holidays, but in a very, like, different opposite way, like, there was no gift giving except on holidays, right? If it wasn't mm. your birthday or Christmas, don't even be looking around Toys R Us, Walgreens, wherever. You know, don't even go to the fun aisle in the grocery store where they keep the stuff that's not grocery. Don't even go over there. You ain't getting nothing. It ain't your birthday, it ain't Christmas. And I think part of that plays into the mindset that I have now, thinking two or three gifts ahead, because uh, I don't know how I don't know how it how like your calendar lines up, but I know for myself, right? Like there are certain parts of the year that just all of a sudden get hectic. You know what I mean? My mom's birthday is in May. Mother's Day is always in May. Ah, My grandmother's birthday is in your, May. Your birthday is like, May. Oh, oh, oh. That's May is your month. Mine yeah. is September. September, August to September, it's, 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 it's a problem. Yeah, it gets a problem. Everybody's birthday, everybody's, you know, anniversaries, and you're mm -hmm. just, you just get caught up there. And then what are the, the calendar holidays that are in there too, right? Mm -hmm. You turn right back around and it's like, oh man, it's about to be Christmas. You know, it's like, that's tough. So that's what's got me. I'm hitting up the Mother's Day gift of my mother's birthdays in a couple of weeks as well. I see. Killing the Mother's Day gift. But I'm thinking, ah, the birthday gift is going to be, it's going to supplement, but it might not be. The, you think of the birthday as bigger and the gift might not be the same. The, I'm killing the Mother's Day. Yeah. So it'd be like that. If, if, if we're, if we're, if I can shoot at you 21 questions, you feel me? Uh, what would you say is the best gift you've ever given? What's the best gift you've ever received? And mm. what gift, what, what gift do you hope to give to someone someday? Wow. Those are, those are, those are, those are great questions. Best gift I've ever received easily um, recently for Christmas, a friend of mine, shout out to Lilani. She needs a drop. She said she wanted a drop for every time we use something that she says, like, or that she, uh, you know, has contributed to the show, which will be a lot. But she, this, uh, for Christmas, she got me a, um, a book of her artwork. Mm. So she drew, um, did sketches, paintings or whatever in this book. And now I have a, like, unlike these, on these small, like, you know, about this size piece of paper for everybody can see like an index card, maybe a little bit bigger. Yeah. Um, that I can kind of take out of this book and place around my house is just these little, I want to laminate them because they're on paper, but they, and I don't want them to get ruined. Yeah. But they're just these small pieces of art. Um, some of them that directly relate to things that I like. Some of them are just directly things that she likes and is amazing at painting um, or drawing. But so that's the best gift I think I've ever received. Um, aside from the gift of life from my parents and, uh, uh, you know, the, the whole house, food, bread, like growing up, clothes on my back. 
<laughs> besides, <laughs> besides raising me as a rose through the concrete, through, <laughs> through <laughs> south, from Southside Chicago, all the way yeah, into the epitome of Black life. It's a coloring book, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love the way that you summed that up. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. If we're excluding that, yeah. uh, and you're gonna drop this on Mother's Day, your mom's gonna be listening to this episode. Like, word, word, mom. <laughs> <laughs> but that's this is beautiful. exactly why I'm bodying that's the Mother's beautiful. Day gift. That's why I have the body. It. No, but it, but you know, what I mean, you can, and and it just speaks to the fact of like they always they people tell you you know, make something, you know, that can mean more than something that's bought. It really can if the time mm -hmm. and effort is put into it. You know, when you look at the the paintings that she did, I almost want to show them if I, if I wasn't going to disrupt the timing, but it's time and effort that you put into that. And it's amazing. Yeah. Um, and that makes somebody feel good. So that's the best gift that I've ever received. The best gift that I've ever given. Um... We're gonna keep the theme going of things that we that people have made, right? Because uh I'm a broke nigga. And I one time uh was seeing this woman that loved So You Think You Can Dance, right? And what I did was I took all the clips of all the dances from So You Think You Can Dance. Cause she she loved the dancing. She didn't, and we would watch the show together and she would fast forward through the commercials and she would fast forward through all the judgments, clip while and giving her own judgment throughout the thing because you know. I like them like that. She's judging them, but she don't want to hear what anybody else's judgment of the people. She's fast forwarded through the through the stuff. So I was like, let me get her just the dances. So I clipped out all the so you think you can dance clips for like seven seasons, just the dances as like movie files, and organized them by season, by like chronological episode or whatever, yeah. by couple, by like pair in the season. And gave her all of that on like a USB so she could watch just the, like just the dances whenever she wanted forever. That's probably that's dope. That's one of them, you know what I mean? Off the top, you know what I mean? <laughs> I guess I do do this gift giving thing a little bit, a little bit. And then your last question, and these these questions slap, bro. Um, what what is a gift that I want to that I want to give somebody someday is is I'll steal, I'll rob what I said as my my auxiliary first gift. Um, is that I want to be able to give my children, mo children, right? Like the opportunities that, that I had, which isn't necessarily like a silver spoon, which isn't necessarily like uh, a like wealth, right? But a wealth of care, right? Mm -hmm. And a wealth of a wealth of just basic access to opportunities, right? Like just just and role models, right? So boom, a wealth of care, basic access to opportunities and role models, I think is are all part of the village that it takes to raise a child. So the gift that I wanna hope to be able to give at some point is to create that environment for my children and create that environment for my partner and um, create that environment for my family and for my community and as many people as possible, right? Yeah. So. That. I, I want to ask you all those questions. I don't know how you feel about responding to them time-wise. They were really dope. Do you want to, because um, we're about to move, what do you want to do? Very quickly, uh, the gift, the, the you know, I, I can't go any, I can't see any other bigger gift than the privileges that have been afforded to me through the sweat of my parents and the people that care about me. Undoubtedly, you know, that's that's the foundation of my my entire 
uh, humility and appreciation of life is the fact that um, somebody cared about me enough to work as hard as they did to give me the opportunities that they've never had. So that undoubtedly is the biggest gift. Um, and then uh, if, if we're speaking more material in that sense, um, my, my, my dad gifted me a, he gifted me a little something, something that make the wrist feel cold when you put it on, you feel me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's a little weighty. It's a little weighty. It's got some heft, a little heft to it. And like, listen, my G, I, I, I'm not, I'm not calling out anything. I'm not saying anything to about anybody's anything. But some people's things be, be, uh, be taken when they're not supposed to be taken. You feel me? And so, I'm just saying, you know, we know about these things too, and we look it. Y'all wearing fake watches, and we know it. <laughs> Talk your shit, King. I don't know. The funny thing too. The I funny... <laughs> Go ahead. The funny thing about it is that I don't wear watches. Yeah, I was gonna say I stay out this whole game by wearing wooden watches. That's my thing. Can't really compare them to like the fancier stuff. They're fancy for a different purpose. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. A few, a few years Talk ago, I just. Week, guys. A few years ago, I decided to stop wearing watches and, and, and haven't really worn watches uh, ever since then, which is odd because I, I, you know, I have my grandfather's watch, I have my father's watch, like they, they were big, they are big and we're big watch people, so I've taken on that love, but it's, I only pull it out on occasion if I have to, you know, for a special thing, and it's just, for the most part, just try to keep everything as minim- minimalistic as I can. I'm a, I'm a weirdo. And so in, in some very strategic ways <laughs> and very much not in others, like I plan for the, the apocalypse and downfall of technology. So like at some point in my head between like 17 and like 19, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to be one of those people that can't read an analog clock like quickly just by yeah. looking at it. So I started wearing watches and just like make forcing myself to not mm-hmm. be the person that what time is it? And goes immediately for their phone and checks their thing. Yeah. So like, that's just one of those weird things that I picked up. So I'll be like, oh, okay. Let me make sure that I can still read the analog stuff. Yeah. I'm a just grandpa in, case the world in many. Is. Yeah. Just in, right. I'm a grandpa in many ways like that. Right. That's also why I'm collecting all the music and stashing, you know, cans and water in my basement. But y'all going, y'all, y'all see one day. <laughs> no, for sure. And then the best gift, um, the best gift I've ever given. Um, I'd have to say that one that one is the giving 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 people time like honest honest time I think the best gift I've ever given is is starting the the foundation and then the, the what we able to give people on a weekly basis nigga that's the biggest gift that I think I've ever given that is uh my life's work of of gifts if you will you know um and if anything, all this man's answers were deep. <laughs> you know what type of podcast oh, about the deep, baby. It's, you know what type. Of, <laughs> let me just keep it short. So, <laughs> you know. Um, I love it. I love so, it. So yeah, for sure that portion and what gift I love to give is, I have to piggyback off your answers too, man. I, I'd love to give the gift of, of 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 life, the miracle of life, you know, and be able to afford that life with uh, an entire experience that is far greater than the one that i've had with full respect to the people that have have done that to me 
And also, and this is for you, I'd love to get you a uh, a, a Wrangler, a spy, the Spider-Man themed Wranglers, just sitting on <laughs> twenty tubes with red lining in them, interior ox blood, outside dark, license plate says own phone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, phone down. Oh. I love it. I love it. That I love is a it. gift that I'm gonna get you. Oh, well, we're speaking of a luxury, illustrious uh, of future gifts, man. I, I, I hope to one day be able to bless you with your, with your Rockefeller chain. You know what I'm saying? But, but forget that. Our, our, our uh, man, whether it says Mandula or or All the Way Live or Live House Productions, we're gonna, I'm gonna bless you one day. You were gonna be at a, a very fancy dinner, and and a waiter is gonna tap you on the shoulder, you think it's going to be another, he's asking to pour the Pinot, but instead there will be a black velvet box and he'll have your, he'll have your chain in it. You know? what, what restaurant is it going to be? Wingstop. <laughs> Bottle service and Wingstop. You already know where we're going. The future you, is bright. You say my chaining day is going to be at a Wingstop. <laughs> Which which waiter is coming? <laughs> That's right. The jewelry box is full of chicken grease. <laughs> hey, you remember MJ? MJ is actually doing uh, chicken and beer on the south side. It's it's like fourteen twenty eight. It's the Heralds uh, in the South Loop that he's doing chicken wings and beer at that spot every Saturday all summer. That's so dope. it's possible. Don't say it. Don't. That is that is, chicken wings and beer at Harold's is one small step. Mm. <laughs> For sure. For man. Two, two. Away from, <laughs> from Kino and lemon pepper wings. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. <laughs> Ordering Pino at Wingstops, by the way, is nuts. Just so you know. Hey. It's nuts. Hey. The future is bright. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. I like it. I feel. I feel good. This feels like. Uh, this feels like the first half of the sequel movie where he's showing you that he's learned a lot since you last saw him. Uh, so I think we can move right into uh, our our next little segment here. Mm-hmm. Current news. Ooh, there you go. Oh, oceans, current, sea spiracy. Oh, it gets deep. <laughs> yo, yo, and yo, before we even move on to current news, man, it's important that I acknowledge very quickly RIP my cousin, my nigga Tefo, Pete, I miss you, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Uh, word. Tragically word, took word. his life not so long ago, man, you know, and so it is with a heavy heart that we're doing this. It's important, you know, to acknowledge that, to acknowledge him. Um, and acknowledge anybody that's going through something difficult. What we say at the beginning of this show is so true in the sense that we really do want this to be a space where we, where somebody can can look forward to something that can brighten somebody's day up. You know, that's that's the entire intention and purpose behind that. You know what I'm saying? And even if I want to say I wit. I wish I could have gifted him one of these episodes, you know what I mean? Or, or better yet, the same intention or, say, or, or, or similar, or just something to be able to uplift him in that moment. 
You know what I'm saying? Because in my understanding of what it is to take your life, it is a it is a symptom of it is a symptom of 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 of, of a very dark condition. Yeah. It is not a natural thought to be able to uh, to want to take your life and uh, to exercise. You know, and from from what I from what I understand, it's it's typically something that somebody is thinking about for a while, right? Something that's weighing on a person and and uh, an out that they consider, you know, for yeah. for over over time, and and the poignant thing about that is that you never know what people are going through right yeah. like you never know right unless you really take the time to find out and to open up and share and so i appreciate you just making space for that right there's 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 no the the phrase that an untimely death right is kind of is kind of mm -hmm. oxymoronic or, or, or redundant right because there's no good time right for for someone to pass for us to lose a loved one right um especially when that person has parents that have to witness that um when that person has loved ones friends siblings right um cousins and so it's difficult it's it's tough it's uncomfortable to be in the space of loss to be in the space of wondering what could have been done so i i i, I appreciate you sharing yeah. that with us and i appreciate you being honest about um yeah just you know that that is that is part of both you know it, it's heavy but it's also part of what's inspiring us to continue to do this work continue to you know not only do the work that we do to to to, to try and lift up communities but also the work the work of just just being positive people right and trying to radiate yeah. that in every everything that we do um and this is a huge part of that so if you hear this we hope that you feel seen we hope that you feel heard hearing us right this is this is for anybody who is willing to admit that it's hard out here that this ain't easy that i feel pressed i feel stressed this is not you know what i mean like i do get tired i love kevin gates but i do get tired you know what yeah. i mean and and so this is this is this is the realness this is that you know what i mean and and all the joy that comes with that the flip side the the the, the rebound how we bounce back from that is beautiful the resilience um but it's important to acknowledge that yeah, the, that the lows do that the lows do hurt. That things do get heavy. It's important to take some time to pull out a little love, uh, libations in whatever form they may come for the homies. And, yeah, uh, this is a space to do that. So we need to get a drop that um that symbolizes that. You know, what I mean, I just want to, we want to plug other podcasts, but I love that for a while the Joe Ben podcast was playing outstanding after yeah. the segment that was that was kind of heavy so i think we need to get something that 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 kind of helps us level set after something like that but i appreciate you uh i love you i love y'all yeah it's man. all love yeah 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 and to be able to level us out it's important to also remember that the joy that i get from uh the joy that i that i am able to pull and come to this to the show to do comes from a place of realizing that you know as dark as things can get for me you know things are a whole lot darker for some other people and things are a whole lot more uh heavier for some people you don't know what people are going through and so just the it's, it's a sad definitely but you know there's so much appreciation of the beauty of life 
that that is staring us in the face, you know, and, and it really isn't necessarily a particular thing that you'll be able to point at and say that one thing is beautiful, but it's more so the quest of being able to, of wanting to find the beauty in life and opening yourself to whatever it might be able to bring you. And the way to do that is by having a presence of mind, being in that moment, enjoying that moment, live in that, you know, be in that space and that time. That's how you open your eyes to appreciation, man. So, you know, for, 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 for me to, to go through that was, was difficult, but also then being able to know that we have this space to be able to speak to these people is something that gives me so much joy. And so, you know, it's, um, as, as we always say, this is a celebration, a celebration of life, man. And then have a party with us, party with us. <laughs> Damn, Leon, when, when you become such a wise nigga, man, <laughs> I've always been. I've you always just never been. noticed. <laughs> I've always been. Yes, sir. Oh yes, man. Sir. Current news, baby. Current news. Miles. All right. Time out. Before we get into this topic. Not really, but time out before we get into this topic. Wait, wait, is this a real time out or not a real time out? This is a fake time out. Oh, okay. This is a fake time out, but I want the listeners to, to just take a minute before we get into anything else about this documentary to examine the credibility of this feature film that depicts the lives of ocean life, marine life, and our effect on them. It's important to consider one thing. This film is called Seaspiracy. How do you miss conspiracy? <laughs> How do you miss conspiracy on the way to seaspiracy? Conspiracy. That is the name of the conspiracy. episode. Conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> that is the name of the episode. How do you miss that? Now, seaspiracy? Come on, guys. Come on. They, it's like, they started at the first few letters and just stopped there. You're not, you're starting off on a bad foot, Seaspiracy, but all right. Yeah. <laughs> so me, That's let me, hilarious. Let me ask you, let me ask you, was this recommended to you or did this just kind of, was this a, was this a Netflix scroll? How did you come across this? Uh, my girlfriend pulled up Seaspiracy and um, if we're going to tell people exactly what Seaspiracy is, um, I'm reading now fresh off of IMDB, feel me? Uh, Seaspiracy is a 2021 documentary film about this, about the environmental impact of fishing directed by and starring Al Tabrizi, a British filmmaker. The film premiered on Netflix. Uh, okay, so it's about the environmental impact of fishing. That, that's all they gave. Full stop. That's real. That's real. I mean, it's kind of what all the movie's about anyways. Yeah, the, the, the key takeaway that I, that I got from it was that while it's important for us all to be conscious of what's going on with marine life in the oceans, the plastic in the ocean is a huge problem, but a greater contributor to that than individual consumption of things like straws or soda can plastic rings is things like fishing nets and equipment used in industrial fishing. That's plastic that causes harm to marine life. Essentially the whole documentary was, uh, taking stabs, taking shots at the, the industrial fishing industry, both how it taxes the, the ecosystem of marine life and how um, it pushes and marginalizes smaller uh, people who fish individually for food or for smaller enterprises um, that fish in less like uh, mass ways, mm -hmm. right? So 
just off the rip, uh, was it was it and their and their their solution, by the way, we'll just get that out of the way, was stop eating fish. Don't do it. Don't eat the fishes. So that's fish our friends. Yeah. Fish are friends, not food. That's what they said, right? Yeah, but like that that can't be the answer. Um well, I'd, so you were not you were not swayed by C Spiracy. I I was very much awoken to the plethora of debris that fishing has, right? Like the fact when they pulled out the fact that majority of uh, what over over 50%, 55% of all the waste in the ocean is just fishing equipment alone and straws and things that we use um, or that are better yet marketed as the ones that contribute the most to the wasting are only 5% of the total waste of that fish. That's, you know what I mean? Or, or the total waste of plastic waste in the ocean. Um, that That's insightful, right? But I don't think the answer necessarily lies in us not eating fish. It, it, it's... The fish is being consumed by humans for a very, very long time. There is such a thing as striking a balance, but it's just a matter of um, regulating the companies that do it. But I guess the, the documentary just speaks on how there's no true regulation that's happening there whatsoever. Yeah, definitely. How the regulators are often uh, in the pockets and in compromising positions with the, mm -hmm. the, the fishing companies themselves. Um, how how a lot of the labels and I've and I've outside of fish right organic um, grass fed right all of these labels that GM, we see in GMO non GMO right that that there's not as much uh, hard regulation behind a lot of these things as as you might think so um, yeah man I mean I mean it was a it was an interesting documentary I will say that for for sure when I when I see things like what they depicted with the whales, right? The, the whales being, being killed, um, you know, in mass, right? On the shores of, of, these, of these oceans um, in a way that's very graphic and, and bloody, you know, they're, 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 they're killing these animals with machetes at the, on the beach, right? Um, it's hard not to be moved by that. It's hard not to, you know, feel like this, this, this needs to stop, but um, I agree in my day-to-day -day life. It's hard for me to translate that all the way to being like, I'm not going to eat fish. Um, I need to do, to do more research. And I think that that kind of broadens the question to like how effective are documentaries, right? Um, mm -hmm. I think I enjoy them a lot. There's something that I put on in the background to just like pass the time or to, to kind of feel like I'm watching something that's more stimulating than, you know, like a sitcom or, or, or whatever that might be fiction. But how much does it really move people to action? Um, and uh, yeah, what's your take on on documentaries' effectiveness? I, I for one, find it as a as a great medium of of information. Right, they they really do help in synthesizing information quite succinctly um, in a in a in a in an order. A, a good documentary done well, you know, can can be able to lay out the order of things and, and the order of information, which sometimes helps in being able to digest it and understanding it. So from that perspective, I definitely think that, you know, documentaries are extremely useful. Um, you know, documentaries such as, um, let's see, what are, what are some, some um, the, the, the SeaWorld documentary, what, what was it? Blackfish, I think. Black, Blackfish. Uh, Blackfish was Super a very- Supersize Me. Supersize Me was a very big one. Um, I, controversially now, uh, Fahrenheit 9-11, depending on 
depending on where you lie on it, but for the fact that it was able to place information in a way that made people think, uh, you know, granted, despite how he was able to connect those, <clears throat> despite how he was able to connect those, uh, the conclusions in that movie, the fact that, you know, he laid out information that some people didn't know about and people took it in. So, did we say supersize me? Yeah. Cool, cool. Supersize me as well. Supersize me led to a whole different marketing campaign that went on to, uh, uh, and in fast food restaurants and whatnot, they removed the supersized stuff, started taking in a lot more healthier uh, narratives. Super high me by Doug Benson. Mm. Right. <laughs> I love that. That's the only one we know the documentarian for, like have all the auxiliary information for. Super high me released in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> that movie no, is but, uh, that documentary is, is is ridiculous. Uh yeah, it, it as 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 I imagine a, a weed fueled examination of of weed itself would be right. But uh, there was another one that I was oh, Food Inc was kind of a follow up to 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 supersize me and and yeah, man, and that's the that's the I guess that's the heart of the question is I certainly know people, um, especially around like the Food Inc uh, supersize me era that you know, were affected by that, that stopped eating meats, that stopped, that's cut certain things out of their diet. Um, and yeah, I just, I just, I just, I think I, as somebody who enjoys documentaries, I also, I, I wonder if how much is, what, what is there to be said about the idea that like, it's a good way to get introduced to a topic. Um, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of then, and then what, mm. right? Uh, I think there's documentaries that that are really interesting that depict the past, that depict things that have already happened and kind of been resolved, that are really important to shed light on the things that um, we've gone through, right, as, as different parts of our history. But then there are things that shed light on things that are going on now. And I think it's really good to expose as many different people to the information as possible, especially when we're in an age where, like, reading is not uh, as... Uh, yeah prominent as as yeah as prominent as 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 common a, a, an activity that everyone is doing there's very few sources of read material that you can be confident that all of your neighbors or community members have read yeah. in a different way that you can be sure everybody has seen game of thrones or whatever it might be right yeah. so i think it's really interesting to think about like just what that just what that means in terms mm. of documentaries usefulness as a, a information dispersal but then where that where the line is between that and making actual change right documentaries as information and, and change makers um because when i watched something like 13th i was right, about to Duke mention 13th i was about to mention 13th super move go mm -hmm. on tell, tell us more so even even going off of 13th right then you have these moments now where we're in a society that can be able to react to information in a way that has not necessarily been been uh possible before you know um our our reaction to to media now can actually be able to lead to some change if you see how people being able to galvanize with cancel culture and things of that nature we're a reactive society now in that way so even with things like 13 that woke up a lot of people a lot more people to um exactly how systemic the system is when it comes to prison industrial complex and how um you know the the uh but black people are are essentially slaves when they're being uh slaves when they become incarcerated and things like that and how that looks like on a legislative um in a legislative format and what that also translates to in the reality of how 
um, you know, this is a business at the end of the day, and the easiest people to be, and the people that suffer the most are people of color, as per the legislation of how this thing is done. So, um, you know, with documentaries like Thirteenth, with even documentaries like um, the 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 part the park park the what's the what's the big documentary? Not documentary. It was, it was uh, the South Central Four. Dang, what's the name? Are you thinking of the trial of the Chicago Seven, or are you thinking of when they see us? When they see us is what the, when they see us is what I'm referring to. When they see us is interesting because it's a dramatization of real events that's followed up by a conversation with the actual people that were that experienced it um, with the director and 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 Oprah. And I think that combination is super powerful, right? Almost, I mean, that was really hard for me to watch. It's hard to watch. It's hard to watch, um, dude. But I think that your point really brings brings another interesting question is that line between uh, educating and entertaining people, mm. right? And and that idea of when there's so many different topics that you can give a documentary about, there's so many different things that you can that you can talk about and touch on. Um, some of those are obviously going to be less actionable, more dramatized, more entertain for entertainment value um, than others, where you're talking about a serious issue that's going on now. And that work very hard, like 13th, to lay out the elements of our current system and how they play a role and who can be held accountable, right? Kind of putting it at people's feet, spoon feeding people the information that is actionable, the people that could potentially be held responsible, all documentaries requiring further research. But I think the pool gets muddy, right? Mm-hmm. When, you, when, you have, when you have things that are really just for entertainment and, 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 and kind of silly, kind of more like um, don't fuck with cats, right? And then you have 13th. <laughs> Great documentary. Right, if you want, right. if you want to learn about how far white people on the internet are willing to take their time on the internet, <laughs> it's an incredible right. documentary of sheer white internet willpower. <laughs> yeah, so I think it just speaks to the diversity of the of the genre of documentaries, and and um, I think the important notes are yeah, there's always more research to be done after you walk, watch a documentary, um, but it's a good way to like. Dip your toe in a topic, I think. Yeah, yeah. And also with um with, with Seaspiracy specifically, what it brought me to is it, it it makes you realize we're doing so much destruction just around us in general, you know. Um there there the climate change is a real thing. It's evident we're seeing it. Um it's happening in front of our very eyes, the rate in which we're abusing the coral reefs, the rate in which we're polluting. Uh, the way in which we're uh, wasting the rate of there's, there's fires being started in Brazil. There's, uh, you know, there's, it's just, it's, it's a mess. The, it's, it's a mess all over from a, from a, from a, a, a nature perspective in terms of our impact on it. So it makes me wonder, do we see the full disruption, the destruction of nature in our lifetime um, or what does what does the last days of our life look like from our from from with respect to our relationship with nature, right? Like, are we at a place where we have not reversed, uh, where we have not been able to successfully reverse um, our pollution to a point where you know things are starting to pick back up? Or yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it's a. Uh... I think it's tough, right? It's a toss-up. It depends on whether you're whether you're an optimist or a cynic, right? I think it's very possible that within our lifetime, we 
haven't seen enough uh, climate change related damage for nations across the world to come together to confront it as an issue. Mm-hmm. I think it's possible for the for the, the next sixty years we keep our we keep our head in the sands kind of about this. Um, and I think what that looks like is a continuation of what we've already seen, right? The environment kind of dying a little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I think what we'll see is a lot more extinctions of different types of species, right? Like the fact that like it's iffy whether my kids will ever see a rhino, it's kind of crazy, right? Like I love rhinos, dude, yeah. but, I digre- but I digress. There's like, it's, it's, it's just really interesting to think about like these, these, like you mentioned coral reefs, like will people be able to see or in like still go scuba diving and see a coral reef. Um, will people still have access to clean beaches or will these things, right, be continue to be uh, relegated to people with a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. You gotta have a lot of money now to go hang out on a beach. You gotta have a lot of money now to mm-hmm. go to a zoo, right? There's not a lot of these animals left. Um, and I think that's the kind of the trend that we'll see is that there will be a scarcity of of these beautiful creatures that are that are rare now mm-hmm. and we'll be talking about a lot of things that we've experienced that our grandparents and great grandparents experienced like the dinosaurs mm-hmm. right on a much shorter on a much shorter time scale our um, great grandparents didn't experience the dinosaurs by the way just so you know i yes i know that bro but they experienced like <laughs> pandas right and our great grandchildren might not right you, you our great grandparents never experienced pandas pandas in africa they never experienced pandas in africa so ah. <laughs> <laughs> all right dude we just learned about you know in the motherland miles where you're really from brother where you're really yeah. from brother yeah <laughs> that, that white white demon bear doesn't exist around here <laughs> they got so black bears like- in africa son <laughs> the animals like the animals i care about reveal that i'm, I'm really not down for the cause if you was real, you would be talking about, you know, white elephants versus black elephants. You exactly. know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm saying? For the record, no bears in Africa. Neither are there black elephants. No bears? I bet you didn't know that. There are no bears in Africa, Miles. I didn't say there were bears in Africa. No, no, no. But I'm just confirming your disbelief of that fact because I know you didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're right when it comes to Africa. You've got to rule stuff out before you like include it. You know what I mean? I just kind of assume that y'all got pretty much everything. Y'all don't yeah, I know. All right. I know. That's I the assumption. No cap, I was a little disappointed when I made that realization, too. I like, was like, nowhere, though? No bears anywhere? Like, no, no Egyptian bears and shit? No, there no. are no such things as, as, as Egyptian I feel like Kenya bears. would have bears, some little red-ass bears and shit. No. You know, Af- Africa is a, is a place of, oh, and here's some, I'm going to talk about some fascinating theories, right? Conspiracies. Um, not even a conspiracy, but uh, it's, in Af- like, Africa has a lot of, um, the apex predators here are uh, felines, right? And felines tend to usually hunt in the dark. They um, hunt from trees, can jump down from trees. You have cheetahs, lions, all of that, right? Um, and so that, that's the prominent apex uh, predator here. So from an anthropological perspective with humanity, at least our earliest understanding of where humanity started from and migrated to, our fear of the dark is related to our relation to the apex predators that through evolution 
we have had to adjust towards. You know, the person that's not jumpy at night is the person that's going to die. So this um, this fear and relation with the uh, the night is can be you know uh, related to that, or at least that is one of the theories uh, surrounding evolution and our respect to to the nighttime. Bam. Yeah, that that makes a lot of that makes a lot of sense. It's really interesting when you hear about like these evolutionary or scientific principles that explain like very day to day like activities. Mm-hmm. Like, boom, you were scared of predators, which is behind a lot of like mechanisms of anxiety and stuff. But also like that's why you're scared of the dark. That's why you in college always came downstairs with your BB gun whenever you went to go get milk. You know. What I'm <laughs> <laughs> from the fridge. <laughs> Le- legacies of being impoverished, bro. I'm just a, yeah, I'm just, just sure. a kid for the streets, dude. <laughs> That's really what this comes down to. This abortion from the hood. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Going to eat cold pizza in the middle of the night, looking around the corners, huh? Who's who's there? Nah, come on now. <laughs> Don't incriminate me like that, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, J. Cole. What's the J. Cole track? Listen, 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 listen. <laughs> recommend it in review, you know what I'm saying? Where we review what you recommend and recommend what you should view or what we think is cool. And what today we getting into is the interlude by J. Cole and Lay With You by Isaiah Rashad. Right? Where you wanna start? Where you wanna um, start? Let's let's start with the Rashad track because that's the last one that we that's the most um that's the last one that we listened to. Uh, Rashad hasn't, we haven't really gotten anything from Rashad in a while. Um, last album to come out was uh, Sun's Tirade, that came out in 2016. Um, before that, the last that we got from him was from 2012 with Sylvia Demo. 20, is my, is my timing right? I think you're I think you're spot on. Bro. Yeah, 2012, 2012 Sylvia Demo, 2016, 2012 Sylvia Demo came out when we moved into uh Lost 54. That might be 2013 or 14, but you write in it's, it's in that it's in that ballpark. It's in that ballpark, but yeah. whatever the case is. Um I haven't heard anything from Z- from Rashad since 2016, Sun's Tirade. We consider it his best work uh that he's put out. Um, we got Why Worried that dropped out a few features, but Why Worried uh, was like the first official TDU thing that we got back. Couldn't hear anything back again since that Why Worried, which was in 2020. Um, and then we get these. In between that, a plethora of what I consider some of the hottest leaks on on, on the internet, go do a deep dive on Rashad Leaks and just have a ball of a time there. Even that uh, that last track uh, that came out, blessing shit. What's the what's the the leak for that? It's, it's stupid. It's stupid. That track that's on the the tail end of the music yes. video. Yes. Yeah, man. Some some artists be playing with us with with leaks, man. There's a there's a meek snippet uh, about. Uh, Type triple beams. No, no, no. It's like triple beams. And it's got like this guitar riff. If you look up Meek Triple Beam Snippet, crazy that never dropped, man. So I've been I've been burned before, is essentially what I'm saying. I'm 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 trauma informed and, and and exposed when it comes to when it comes to that snippet game. This is a this is a return 
from a hiatus is a, is an interesting choice. B is an interesting choice, especially following the TD loading screen. Uh, you know, oh five, oh seven, twenty one. The wait is over, and this is what you get. With all that in mind, with the build up, with the hype, how did you feel? Uh, finally pressing play on some new Rashad. It was lackluster. It was quite lackluster. Um, and that's not just to be reactionary, right? If we're gonna be, uh, if we're gonna be thorough with with our, and I, and I don't want this ever to become a podcast where we're just being reactionary to things, you know, where we are just reacting to songs. But as a as a speaking from a fan's perspective, as somebody whose son's tirade has helped them through, has has helped them through some some tough times, and someone that's revered this artist for a long time and considered him a a creative spectacle in the in the hip hop sphere, where his 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 his, his, his sound and style is very close to what would you'd consider the popular style, but it's such a interesting take on it. You know, somebody who has um, a, a very strong sense of creativity that oozes out of them from doing the very not I don't want to say the very least, but Rashad doesn't have to make a Rashad doesn't have to force extreme um concepts let me say like uh sequiturs you know he doesn't Rashad doesn't fall under the pressure of having he doesn't have to make all that much sense he doesn't have to make all that much sense you know I'm trying to find the best way to be able to put it because I don't want to sound redactionary in saying that Rashad doesn't make sense because that's not true but he doesn't he he does not his 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 pattern doesn't have to follow a a, a logical pattern in, in, in how he delivers it, which is dope. You know, it's like the focus is on how do you say the dopest shit? How do you how do you make the deepest shit sound dopest? And that's where the priority is, and that's what we respect him for. That being said, this does not sound like that. Even even the the visuals for it, you know, I think even the visuals for it are very are very basic. Even even the 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 feature for it, you know, with Duke Dukes, like Duke Dukes for sure is lit, but that's not the best way I think to use Duke Dukes. You know, Duke Duke Dukes needs crunk, like that's what it is. Like Duke needs crunk, that's what he gets off on. And this yeah. is not this is not that. This is uh this this seems to me like. They were like, I Rashad, you do your thing, and then we this seems like a this seems packaged. This seems um this seems like the decision to create this and put it out was made by somebody else. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I'll say when I first when I first heard it, first thing I thought was, okay, he came with something that slaps, right? He came with something that on the production end just got a lot of bass to it. This he wasn't trying to he didn't put out something flowery first, like nothing soft. He was going with his his uh ear catching uh record. I think this is maybe not a radio record, but this is something that I think you would want played in a DJ set at a club or something like that, right? Um, the video even speaks to it's a party song, right? So I was glad that he was trying to to do some of that because I I think that that hits well. I think his energy he doesn't do it often, right? A lot of times he makes a lot more records that are much harder to classify than this, which I think is very much a eight oh eight 
you know, and maybe part of the feature is that. But um, I was glad at what he was attempting to do. I will say that I, I gave this and the J. Cole track uh, a run in the car. And this got, like, it upped it half a grade, and the J. Cole track went down half a grade. Damn. Damn, before, yeah. before, before we get to that, to that Cole track, a thing that makes me quite uh, critical on Rashad is based on the fact that, to me, he's the dark horse in this race of the king of the loop, right? Oh, he has the potential to be that. So leading with this, it's like, bro, are you seeing what Boogie is doing right now? Like, are you seeing what the what they created? Even if even if maybe from a skills perspective, JID is not necessarily, you know, JID still has a lot more refining to go to. Let me not say even refining to go to. Let's just say um there's there's still a popularity element that's missing from JID. You know what I mean? A commercial, a commercial, a commercial ability of it. But anyways, the competition is tough, is to say. You know, the competition is tough, and to lead with this, um, that that for me is disappointing in that sense. When I'm looking around at what uh, the the contemporaries are doing, even uh, Ghetto Lenny, if niggas aren't paying attention to um, Saint uh, to Saint John, if, if dudes aren't paying attention to what Saint John is doing, Saint John is taking that Uzi diving off of his head and just sprinting with it for real yeah i think there's a i think it's really interesting that the, the dynamic it creates guys like uh you know reason um jid boogie uh Nick even Jenkins. kenny mason right uh yeah for sure it, it it puts a different expectation on all of the songs. Um, and I can see how from this from that perspective, this might not be when you compare the most recent efforts of all of those guys, this might not stand out right among those those tracks. But I also there's also something to be said about the TDE machine and the way that TDE does things. When I first when the, what like as the song was going off this one, I was like, all right. That was cool. Like, I definitely, I like the, I like the hook, right? I think it's, I think it's cool. I think it's a different, um, I think it's creative. But what I really took away from it was, this reminded me of Humble as the first song Ooh, we heard from Damn. Where I was like, mm, I, everybody loves it. And it goes, and it goes hard and it, and it slaps and it's good to hear Kendrick rapping on something that's, you know, braggadocious and, and up-tempo and could be a club record, right? Uh, for people to, like, dance to or, or, or whatever. Do TikToks, too, is another thing artists have to take in mind in this day and age, right? But when I'm, when I'm hearing this song, I'm like, okay. I don't know Isaiah to do this much. So this might be the one. And something tells me that the album is not, the whole album is not going to sound like this. So I don't think so. Something tells me that this might be the standout normal record from a very different, you know what I mean, body of work. And that's something that carries into the Cole conversation, too. When you talk about an Isaiah Rashad, you're talking about, or even a J. Mm. Cole, you're talking about somebody who the space between projects puts them in a position where for whether they want to or not, people are expecting that next project to be a body of work, mm. right? It's not like a a, a Mozzie or a or a um, Freddie Gibbs. Like a, nah, Freddie Gibbs. Yeah. You do expect now. Nah, I think with now nah, Freddie Gibbs is at that place where 
anything for any types of is, is a body of work, you know? Yeah, but there's people that you expect to drop an album of songs like every year. Future's gonna do it. Mm. You know what I mean? You're gonna get either Baby, uh, gonna Yeah. You know what I mean? And it and it's you're gonna get a you're gonna get what you're gonna get. But when you take a long time between projects, I think people start to expect either a concept or mm. a really crystallized, you know, set of songs. And when I hear a TDE release an up tempo party record as the first record from one of their artists that you know people have been waiting for a long for a long time it doesn't automatically make me think like oh this is what we're going to get on the album it really makes me think this is what people are going to like and the album is going to be something more elaborate that's how it was with damn so we'll see a homie of mine said tv gives him death row vibes and um i don't I don't think he's wrong in that. I don't think he's wrong in that. Even in the pace in which they release music, um, you know, and, and when I, I, I wanted to counter that, I would say, no, that's not true. You know, um, artists at TD aren't frustrated with the way music is being released. And then you think back on how SZA had to drop her album and had to literally scream for that album to be released. Um, I think it might speak to uh, a particular, the way the way that we appreciate TV in, in hip hop. Me for one, I don't know about anybody else, but I was not expecting I was not expecting T E to give me what I we've all been waiting for. <laughs> you feel me? I, I wasn't expecting that. I was actually expecting disappointment. You know, and I think that just speaks into um TD's output strategy and, and what that means, you know? Yeah. But but you're right in the, in the in the way that they the way that they have a, a rhythm in how they do it with with humble. I realized I recognize this in this video. Um, SZA at the end of her recent videos has been previewing the the next track that she'd be dropping, and those snippets would get gang fucking plays, and they chop those up. And they did the same thing here with that came out busting thing. It's kind of like a, 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 a to be continued, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that, man. That's that's a there are certain elements of hip hop that I think are that I think are so dope and that other mediums would be it would behoove them to take that on. I think we can do that in some ways, right? Whether it be snippets, whether it's just like, you know, talking about features in cool ways, right? Just the the ways that things are, are laid out in hip hop collaboration, all of it just feeds uh into the dopeness of it. I think I think that that's that's really dope. It was cool to see Reason in this TDE video. You know, that that's something that TDE does well. Speaking of mm -hmm. Death Row and the vibe that they give off, you know, this it's an old school celebrity type of uh, organization where it's like, you're not going to see too much of us. You're not going to get everything. You know what I mean? People are going to be behind the veil. And so when you get a glimpse, you know, it's dope. People are, people want to break it down, like you said, and take the snippet and analyze it, make it its own video. Mm -hmm. So I think that, to some extent, it to some extent it works. I just think I just wish we would get more of our favorite artists. Speaking yeah, of yeah. more of our favorite artists, I know J Cole is, is is an artist that is near and dear to your heart, my friend. Indeed. Uh, and and so we're talking about somebody who was uh, well established in the game. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I think he's been well, well legend established since 2014 for his hills. Uh, for your eyes only the follow-up to that got kind of mixed reviews i think kod got mixed reviews but i think everybody can appreciate the talent that was displayed yeah. on it whether you like the content or not 
Um, and now we're seeing him kind of return from that after a couple of other notable, uh, some stuff like False Prophets, his commentary on Wale and Kanye as an individual track, Snow on a Bluff, his commentary on No Name, uh, and kind of the situation with uh, wokeness and, and the expectations we have of each other within yeah. the community, specifically the black community. He's been known to speak out on issues through his music and, and individual singles. Um, and now it seems like another body of work is coming. We got the interlude, J. Cole, yeah. the interlude. Uh, what is what was what did you think? Um, it's it's difficult to criticize Cole as a deep Cole fan because we give Cole so much space to be able to do what Cole wants to do. And to to a certain extent, we're gonna internalize, we're gonna take him, we're gonna appreciate him, you know. Um, and I know and I know you feel the same about Cole as well this particular track right here is is it's it's possible that it's it's following a similar um it's following an algorithm that is more into or trying to speak towards um however music is 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 made popular today i don't think it's a track that tries to be necessarily popular um but as a Cole fan, I'm willing to withhold how I feel about this song to see how it fits in the total scheme of the project. Off of a, off of a, off of just a replayability listen, I, I don't think I'm going to necessarily go back to it quite often. Um, do I think it's better than the Rashad track? Yes. Yes, I think it's better than the Rashad track. Um, yeah, I think it's better than the Rashad track. I think it tries harder, at the very least. Interesting. And for the for the sheer fact that it tries slightly harder than 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 that, if if we had to come up with a rap concert, we could we could execute that. I'm not like not not in that sense, but like I don't want to say I can do what he does, but I'm just saying the concept of what that is is quite rudimentary in the scheme of what constitutes as a hip hop concept. You know what I mean? Cold tying the line between the ace that Jesus died, Pimsy and Nipsey. That 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 try like you know that that's an effort to share information. That's an effort to 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 go beyond a slap. Granted, not all hip hop has to have the same intention. I'm just saying as a fan. Yeah, I think that's a really. Dope. I mean, you laid it out in a very complex way, right? You know, you're able to give appreciation for, you know, the elements of each song and what they do well, while kind of laying out your preference for something that's trying to be more, right, than just the song, just sounds, right, just a, a party, um, give you something to think about. Uh, man, I think I think you I think you bodied it. What about what about you though? Um, better than, worse than? What are your thoughts on? Um... Yeah, on on I, the you shared a little bit on the Rashad track, but what are your thoughts on the core track as well? Yeah, I gotta say, um, and part of this is I as I alluded to earlier, I I gave them both the car test, so I let them both run in the whip. Um, and that like I said, it boosted the Isaiah Rashad track for me. Um and as and I don't think that's surprising, right? Something that something that slaps it was one of the first few sunny days we've had in Chicago in a minute. So to be able to have my windows down and you know playing something that that kind of has a, some some bump to it 
um, that felt good. When I got to the the J. Cole track, it is, like you said, a lot more experimental. It is trying harder to be something. It is over a much more complex sample. Um, and so I found myself kind of being like, uh, um, this isn't as easy to um, be in my own zone while I listen to it. And for some reasons, that's good, right? Like, for some reasons, you want a track to kind of pull you in, take you into its world rather than to be background music to whatever mm-hmm. you got going on. So in that way, I can appreciate what you're saying. Um, but the dynamic, and this is, and this is, and this is tough. And maybe, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to tell whether I'm actually playing devil's advocate or whether I really feel this way, but we have so much Cole that means so much. And he said so much of what he says here and so many other songs mm-hmm. that I don't necessarily need this song as much as I need this slap by Isaiah and to the point of replay value I will probably play lay with you more times in my life going forward than I will play interlude I think I I would say so too I would say so too but I can still I I love Kendrick but I don't always listen to Kendrick also that also that but I, 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 I get what you're saying, that some music that's really good stays on the shelf, like liquor that's really good. You bring it out for special occasions when you're feeling celebratory, and, but it, you know that it always hits. I don't know if I feel that. I feel that way about a lot of Cole's catalog. I don't know if I feel that way about this song. Yeah, Dang. yeah. but with, with Cole's best work, I mean, if we're just going through it, um, you have... Uh, you have... Um, I would say oh, January twenty eighth is up is 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 up there. Is no, but I mean in terms of albums, right? Oh, uh, twenty fourteen Forest Hills, uh, Born Center. No, Born say. Center, Born Center over twenty fourteen Forest Hills, and we've had this conversation before. Yeah, 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 and I I think I always go with uh, Born Center. It's because it's his best work. Born Center, I think Born Center is undoubtedly his best work. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that album, there's, 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 there's songs that I think are more widely appreciated on 2014 Forest Hills. But if you're with him, especially in that age range, if you were outside, if you were there for that moment, kind of growing up and hearing that, there's something about how he captures the confusion of that kind of 2010s, 2014s era in that album and kind of just, yeah, it's really, I would say Bornson is his best too. Bornson is incredible. And then um, I, I think Cole is one of those artists that holds it within him to be able to create a masterpiece at every turn. Um, I'm, I, I'm excited to see what the interlude sounds like, how it comes out as. Um, I'm, I'm going to be waiting on it, not the interlude, the whole album. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm for one is someone that, you know, this, this single does not deter anything about how I feel about that album or X Fighting for it or for Rashad either. Both artists that I enjoy absolutely immensely. Um, right now, uh, I would have to say from a pop culture perspective, Baby is running it. But if I had to say who is potentially the next king of the type of hip hop that I appreciate, Westside Boogie is still my front runner. I uh, it's hard for me to it's hard for me to fight you on that, bro. It's hard for me to fight you on that. I really do think uh, New Beginnings by a Reason is one of the most solid bodies of work, 
especially as a sophomore album um that exists among these this this new school of of rappers and i don't know man am i old head to say that like the the generation that we came up on came out swinging a little bit harder is there was a there was a there was a there was a take care or there was a you know what i mean a a friday night lights or there was a section 80 or there was a um uh, attention deficit i want to put you in there big sean but (laughs) attention no no you gotta put big sean in there attention deficit cushion orange juice um best day ever uh Kanye West, Kanye West throughout that whole entire time, son, Pharrell, Timbaland's entire um, mixtape run with the with the Dream Chasers, DC Two, DC Four, Dreams and Nightmares. It seems like there were more classics created out of the initial efforts of the generation that was before this generation that that seems to be taking over. But to your point, I think Boogie might be the front runner of those guys um, with reason as a close second or, or Isaiah Rashad, but for TDE to have two of the, two of the folks in that conversation is an amazing uh, accomplishment by a label uh, to be continued on whether they are or are not the new death row. Yeah. Yeah. How that pretty much goes B is like, um, the, the, the concept of, Classics, that just goes by, that's a generational thing, right? Because if you ask my cousin what are classics to them, he's going to tell you Slime Language 2 is a classic to me. He's going to tell you Triple Drown is a classic. He's going to say, uh, uh, he's going to say uh, Eternal Awaken or whatever by Uzi is a classic. You know what I'm saying? Those old uh, Scorpion is a classic, whatever. That's a generational thing, you know? And I think for our generation, all the ones that we named definitely for the hip hop perspective, um, that is those are, those are the classics, undoubtedly so, mm. undoubtedly but, so. But that's really interesting because I would say that actually the albums that you just named by Uzi, by Gunna, by Lil Baby are more comparable to for our generation the albums that really hit by the Tigers, the Migos, mm. the. That though, though, you know what I'm talking about. Mm. There, there, there were people of our generation that had slaps that weren't necessarily on the legal, uh, lyrical side, that had uh, really dope bodies of work. Um, you know what I mean? The mm. the little Waynes, right? Ooh, but ooh, that's the one. That's the one. But then, but then when you look at, so yeah, I would say that on the the upcoming generation, the lighter, popular, poppier side definitely has albums that i think that they would point to but when you look at the lyrical side great artists amazing uh you know efforts but i don't know but then you have a whole different conversation about you know what they think of the polo g's the little dirks i think are are also considered classics in their own right in a different lyrical content way but man this show come on man come on bro we can do this hip-hop shit this this live shit for days weeks indeed 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 and i think we gave people a full a full dosage of a show man again can't stress enough on my how how good it feels to be back how important this space is for all of us um and that for anybody that's going through anything uh that that is deep that's dark that's eating you inside man um we hope that this can be a space that you can be able to pull positivity from 
And, um, you know, if you're ever feeling uh, like you're going to be able, like you're going to harm yourself, if you feel like you're having those thoughts, reach out to somebody that cares. Um, try to reach out to us in some way, shape, or form. My man, you know, I don't, <laughs> like I said, my man, but like, you know, anybody, you know, this, the whole point is to be able to create a space that is a pool of positivity to pull from because we pull from that. We pull from y'all, like, comment, subscribe, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because we know, we know. Yeah, we're aware, bro. It's like, it's it's undeniable that y'all have way entirely too many choices when it comes to picking a podcast. So if you're listening to this, if you are hearing the hazelnut tones of my voice, right, accompanied by my brother Chestnut Tones right now, if you have rocked with us to the end of this show, then then that is that is something that means so, so much to us. So we appreciate you, bro. This is all the way live. As we said in the beginning of this show, there is strength and vulnerability. The most gangster thing that you can do is serve. So what we're doing is bringing you that. We are celebrating life. We are celebrating how good it feels to be black. Don't it feel good, Zway? My absolute favorite thing in the world, son. Man, we're celebrating y'all. We are celebrating the fact that, you know, we have a community of people that want to listen to this, uh, that take positivity from this and give it to give it to the show, man. So, you know what I'm saying? Recommend stuff that we should watch, a review for y'all. Like, comment, subscribe, like my brother said. We glad to be back like that. Peace, love, water. We gone, man.